happy, happy Thursday. Welcome back to another episode. I'm here with my little co-pilot who's sleeping next to me. So if you hear any little coos in the background or little noises, it's probably her. Okay, so today I want to talk about another another topic that I find that most women don't know that they have a choice in. So kind of on the same lines of the circumcision conversation I had or delaying baby's first bath, the topic I want to talk about today is ultrasounds. And I find that most women don't really know that you have a choice when it comes to ultrasounds. Now, ultrasounds originally, just in case you don't know what an ultrasound is, it's a high frequency sound wave that's used to create pictures in the womb. And this replaced x-rays back in the 60s. They used x-rays and then deemed that really dangerous. And so here we moved into ultrasounds. And originally it was just used as a device to look for high-risk conditions. But now I would say it's kind of like the norm, if I put that in quotes, the norm of pregnancy. I feel like most people would look at you like you have three eyes if you said, I'm not doing ultrasounds because it's just become such a a norm in our, in at least in Western and United States, Western society, that you get an ultrasound when you're pregnant. But that being said, ultrasounds are not mandatory. Now you can have a provider that may deliver your baby without ultrasounds, but you can always find a new person to deliver your baby if that's something that you really didn't want to do. And so like anything, this is a, this is a topic, this is something that you need to discuss with your partner And you need to make a decision on what is going to be best for you and your baby and your family. So just like anything, do your research, make a decision. Don't base it off what I'm saying. Don't base it off what your mom thinks, what your doctor thinks, like what is best for you and your family. So that being said, I'm going to go through the pros and the cons because like anything, there's risks if you do it and there's risks if you don't. That would be the same said with literally any decision that comes regarding birth and pregnancy. So some women get them because, of course, you can confirm the gender of the baby with the ultrasound at that 20-week ultrasound, which can be really exciting. It can be a great bonding moment for your partner, you know, you being the one caring, if you're the one listening, which typically the people listening are the ones that are pregnant or caring or have birth babies. You get a lot of bonding. You get to feel them kick. You get to hear their movements. You get to talk to them. But it can be a little bit harder for your partner to build that bond. So sometimes that ultrasound, when they get to see the baby, really helps create and strengthen that bond. Of course, ultrasound can also tell us the position of the baby. It can see if you've got a low-lying placenta. We can check on the uterus, the cervix, ovaries, cord placement, all that kind of stuff. So it can really give a peace of mind of how developmentally the baby's doing. It can also check for potential birth defects. So there can become a lot of peace of mind from those ultrasounds. Now, some women may want to pass because there has been said to be some potential link between miscarriages and early ultrasounds. There are studies from China showing that it could ultrasounds could carry risks for autism, ADHD, childhood cancers. There has been a link between early labor and premature birth, low birth rate with multiple ultrasounds. Tissues are, of course, at risk for exposure. Animal studies have shown us that it could produce adverse effects in neurological and immunological development. And there is a study out of UW that has found a correlation between correlation, so keep that in mind, a correlation with autistic boys who had ultrasound scans in the first trimester and the severity of their symptoms. So the thing about ultrasounds is we don't really have any long-term studies on the effects of ultrasounds, but we do know that there is some risk when you go to an ultrasound, right? But you have to decide whether that risk is whether you're okay with that risk or not. Now, that's just a basic ultrasound. In today's day and age, we of course have these 3D, 4D ultrasounds. And here's what 
here's what, here's the 411 on that. The FDA, which I do not agree with a lot of what the FDA says. I've said that a couple times, but the FDA does warn that these ultrasounds can heat tissue and some, and in some cases cause small bubbles or cavitations in the tissues. And that those ultrasounds should only be done when there's a medical necessity. Now, the thing about that, from what I found, because I have had ultrasounds on both my pregnancies, is that they ask you, do you want a 3D, 4D ultrasound? And they don't tell you any of the risks. They don't say, hey, would you like a 3D, 4D ultrasound? And here are some of the risks that are correlated with those is that okay with you? There's no information given around the possible risks because I feel like if more people knew that the FDA warns against it, again, not that I agree with a lot of the FDA, but a lot of people do follow what the FDA says, that maybe they would think twice or at least have a conversation around it before deciding to do it. But they don't really say any of that. So just a couple things to keep in mind around the 3D, 4D ultrasound. Some tips to help reduce exposure or to help reduce any of the risks would be waiting a little bit longer before you have that first ultrasound. So some people want to go get an ultrasound really, really early on. Baby is still very much developing in that first trimester. So waiting, you know, even possibly past 20 weeks for that first ultrasound to find out the gender could be good. Of course, ask your technician if they can do it as quickly as possible. And I have a story on that. And then avoid the 3D, 4D unless it's a medical necessity. And you need to determine what a medical necessity is. And you need to have that conversation with your provider. Now, what I will say, just based on my own experience, and I'll just kind of talk from my heart here. With Isaac, we had a ultrasound at 21 weeks to find out the gender, of course. And I knew about all this, so we decided that the risk was worth it. My husband really, really wanted to do it. He really wanted to be able to find out the gender and to connect with baby. And so we did the ultrasound at 21 weeks. What was amazing about that ultrasound is we went to a clinic of a guy that just did pregnancy ultrasounds. We didn't go to a hospital or anything like that. It was like a private practice. And we did that ultrasound. He, of course, checked really quick on like the placenta, where the placenta was and making sure all the organs looked good and baby looked good. But we probably did that ultrasound in 30 minutes. It was incredible. And of course, it was really, really fun to see Isaac and to see his face and to find out that he was going to be a boy. Now with Isla, we had a conversation again before before the 20-week mark around, did we want to go do an ultrasound or not? And Oh, mind you, we did a genetic screen test with Isla. So I did the blood sample to find out whether she was a a boy or a girl. And we found out she was a girl. So we already knew she was a girl before doing the ultrasound. So we kind of had a conversation around, do we even want to do the ultrasound? Do we not? My husband really wanted to do it. He found it as a really good way to connect with baby. So we did it. And the part about that, this was a learning experience for me because I just assumed it was going to be like the last ultrasound. But here in the area that we live in, the ultrasounds are done at a hospital. So we went into the hospital and that ultrasound took 75 minutes. Now, had I known it was going to take 75 minutes, I probably would have voiced, can we do this any faster? And in the moment, I of course didn't say anything. Again, I'm just sharing my experience. So maybe you can be more prepared if you go into a hospital and do an ultrasound. But I just felt like she lollygagged a lot. And I'm not very good at like confrontation in the moment. I remember having a short thought of thinking like, why is this taking so long? 
and like panic in my brain. And I just kind of let it go in the moment. But I wish if I could go back and read you that moment that I would have said, hey, is there any way that we can speed this up? Because I want minimal exposure in this process. But I didn't do that. So just something to keep in mind. And then what they found in that ultrasound was that I did have a low-lying placenta. Now, the placenta can move. It's possible that it can move through pregnancy. There's not a whole lot that you can do to make it move. But, you know, 20 weeks is still very early on. So there's still a lot of development, a lot of growth that has to happen. So it's very possible for that placenta to move. For me, it was further enough away that I felt, and when I talked to some of our our midwives, I felt that it was going to move. I just had the confidence in my body that it was going to move and it was going to be fine. Of course, there's concern about a low-lying placenta because if that placenta is lying too low and it's covering the cervix, that's going to make delivery, you know, the baby can't come down if, if the cervix is blocked. So, but mine was already further enough away that we figured it was probably going to move. However, one of the midwives in the practice was very concerned about the low-lying placenta and they wanted it rechecked. And so we had another ultrasound done at 35 weeks. Again, if I could go back and be a stronger advocate for myself, I'm really strong around some things, right? You want to try to give my child the Hep B vaccine or talk to me about getting a flu shot while I'm pregnant. I've got some very strong opinions on it. But I just, this was an area that I really didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to navigate it. I knew enough about the body to know that I really, truly believed that it was going to move. But I also really wanted to have a home birth. And so if there was any concerns around me having a home birth and we live so far out of town, like all those things weighed on me. So anyways, I say all that to say we did the other ultrasound the placenta moved up enough. It was still considered low-lying, but it moved enough to where there wasn't going to be a concern that the cervix was blocked. Again, that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons that goes in the pro column is you can kind of see where all those things are and are there going to need to be other ultrasounds done. On the other hand, you know, some women that I've talked to that do no ultrasounds are like, you wouldn't have even known that it was a low-lying placenta had you not had the first ultrasound. And I agree. So again, there's pros and cons to each thing. You have to do the decision that you think is best for you. But back to my original statement, it was the first ultrasound was 75 minutes long. And I wish I would have gone back and said like, hey, speed this up. Doesn't need to be this long. I don't need 8,000 pictures of my baby. I'll meet my baby one day and we'll get 8,000 pictures of them when they're here. So I just tell all this to just share information and give you some insight as to provoke some thoughts in your own brain around what do you think Would you have done it differently if you were in my shoes? And that's what this is all about is giving you information, giving you sharing experience so that you can make a decision that you think is going to be best for you. I will say that if we go into having a third baby, well, not if, when we go into having a third baby, I'm really trying to convince my husband, no ultrasounds. So I really do believe that I know so much about my body and taking care of my body and I also do believe that there will be a sign and inkling of some sort if I think something is wrong to where we need to go have an ultrasound. And I'm more than happy to do that. But I'm like, we already found out the, you know, we mostly did the ultrasounds to find out the gender and for my husband to have a connection. And I would say he's gotten really good at like finding out how to have a connection while while not being able to see the baby on a screen. And so... And we've already found out the first two genders. You know, we have a boy, we have a girl. I'd kind of really like the third one to be a surprise. So 
we'll see. Stay tuned when that time comes. But I hope this was helpful in just shedding a little light on ultrasounds. I hope it gave you enough information on the 3D, 4D ultrasounds to maybe pass those ones up. I know it looks so cool to have a picture and see their full face, but you know, there's just not a whole lot. Again, there's no long-term studies on any of this, especially 3D, 4D ultrasounds. I feel like every time we come out with something new and exciting, it's new and exciting, but like, do we know the risks? Do we know the long-term effects on our baby? It's so funny because when I worked in the chiropractic office, I would get people that would come in and not want to do an x-ray for radiation and stuff like that. And I remember this one woman, but it's like, she did like five ultrasounds. And I'm thinking, how is that any better? I don't know that in fact, one of the lab techs that I had during my pregnancy with Isla, she was one of the lab techs for half the ultrasound. And she's like, oh, I'd be in here every day checking my baby. And I was like, oh my God, no. Like, you know, we know that there are some risks with the exposure that we are doing with those sound waves. We know that baby doesn't really like it. And if you ever have an ultrasound, usually the baby tries to hide and they move a lot, right? Because they're wanting to kind of get away from it. It's not, it's not, it's not something that baby loves. So we need to use it for specific reasons and we need to try to be efficient when it comes to it and not lollygag because there is some, there is risks. So anyways, I'm going down tangents and now babbling. So I hope that's helpful. Happy Thursday. And if there's any other topic you want me to talk on, again, I'm not a doctor. I All of this you need to do on your, you need to do your own research, form your own opinion. I'm really just sharing my opinion, the research that I've done and conclusions that we've came to based off that research. But this is all my own experience. So as always, do your own research. But if there's anything that you want my opinion on, you want me to get on a soapbox about, just share with me. Find me on Instagram or threads. Now on threads. Um, Also, these episodes are now on YouTube. So if you're more of a YouTube listener, they will be a little delayed because I just started it. So going back to the beginning, but if you've missed some of the episodes, I haven't listened to them all, they are starting to come onto YouTube. So you can find me there, but mostly on Instagram. So hit me up on Instagram if you have things that you want me to talk about, babble about, um, I'd be happy to share. And with that, I hope you have a beautiful day.